Hello, beautiful people of the world. Welcome to this show. This is the Mind Body Musings show. And today we have a very, very special guest. I mean, all guests are special, but this one particularly, I've been very excited to have on to the podcast. We are going to be hearing from Sarah Jenks, who is the founder of Whole Woman, a monthly online membership for women seeking the answers to who am I and why am I here? And the Live More Way Less program, the most popular online emotional eating program yet. Between her online programs and as proprietress of Hawthorne Farm, her 23-acre retreat center in Medfield, Massachusetts, Massachusetts, Sarah holds sacred space to empower women and support them in finding their magic and rediscovering their most authentic selves. Since 2009, Sarah's community of women seeking a fuller, more meaningful life has grown to almost 100,000 members. I feel highly connected to Sarah and the work that she's doing. She speaks about the feminine, the masculine, magic, tarot, astrology, the womb space, the moon cycles. Like she is a pretty, pretty intuitive, witchy, vibing girl. And I am stoked to be speaking with her today. We just hopped off and our conversation is brilliant and in depth. We also speak about the pressures women feel, the brainwashing that women experience, especially after giving birth and what can happen in the bedroom after giving birth. So stay tuned for that. I don't really have any updates or things to share before this episode. So all I'm going to say is if you want to check out any of the books that we mentioned in this episode, for any books that you're interested in, you can get a free audio book and a free 30-day trial using the special link for my tribe members. And that's going to be audibletrial.com slash mindbodymusings. So if you go to audibletrial.com slash mindbodymusings, you can get a free audible book and a free trial. Okay. That's all we're going to share in this intro today. Let's go on over to the podcast and listen to this awesome conversation I had with the one, the only, Sarah Jenks. You are now entering the Mind Body Musings podcast. If you find yourself hungry for growth, eager for inspiration, and longing for self-improvement, welcome home. Hosted by motivational speaker and life coach Maddie Moon, you can be certain you will learn how to change your life in magical ways in each and every episode. Are you ready to stop caring what other people think? Is it time you break limiting beliefs and empower your whole being? Do you know how to use the one life you've been given to the absolute fullest? Join Maddie Moon and her inspirational guests every Wednesday for the life altering discussions on freedom, vulnerability, abundance, and so much more. For more insight, grab your free gift on maddiemoon.com and uncover your own once-in-a-lifetime greatness within. If you have kind words to say, feel free to leave a review on the show in iTunes or send your favorite episode to a friend. We look forward to hearing your insights and growing together in unexpected ways. And now, without further ado, here's your host, Maddie Moon. 
Okay, and we are back here on the Mind Body Musings podcast, and we are joined by the beautiful Sarah Jenks, who surprisingly has not made it on the show yet, which is kind of shocking to me as I was sharing with Sarah before we hit record. I have been following this beautiful woman's work for probably five, maybe even longer, five or so years, all the way from when she was doing more Uh, emotional eating focus work, helping women really reclaim their bodies and step into their authentic bodies. And then now over to where she's talking all about magic and um, intuition and self-love and connecting with earth, which is something that I am a huge advocate for. So I think the timing is beautiful where our journeys have come both very similarly full circle to this beautiful spot of divine connection to mother nature and self-love. And yes, with all of that said, I am so excited to welcome you to the show, Miss Sarah. Oh, Maddie, thank you for having me. It's really, I'm so excited to be here and um, I just know we're going to have a really great time Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of that, like the the journey that both of us have taken in this path, I think it's really I think it's really cool how one thing led to another. And I'm very yeah. interested to hear for you. Like, did you discover that when you started to, so to say, embrace the curves of your body and embrace yeah. the the voluptuous of your body or the softness of your body, however you want to put it, that's that was a stepping stone into embracing more of the curves of life and learning how to surrender and to let go and to love those unpredictable aspects of life and it be something that's more easily handled. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this I think that you know the transition is so not linear, as you know, but the thing that's coming up for me right now was accepting my body was a real act of revolution for me and activism that I sort of got a taste of, oh, I'm being put in a box here that is not of my own choosing. I didn't make this box. I just feel like I'm you know, I'm beholden to the rules of the world. And when I decided to accept myself for who I was, I got this sort of first taste of freedom and being a rebel. And that sparked a whole thing for me of, okay, well, if there's this box around body, what are the other boxes that I'm feeling pressured to be in? And that really is what started, um, my, my pull towards spirituality and the divine feminine. And it was like, it was like the little, it was like the door cracked. It was like Pandora's box open through the body work and into this like whole other world I didn't even know existed. Does Mm. that make sense? Mm, Yeah. Yeah. And it happens so organically. And I think that's the best way. Like you can make this decision to say, well, I'm going to go out and get the tarot cards and I'm going to go out and I'm going to get all the crystals and I'm going to do this and this and this and this and this. And that's totally one way to go. It's one way to get the fire underneath your butt to make shit happen. But then there's also the unfolding of 
like intuitively feeling drawn to colorful, beautiful, round crystals and like wondering why is this happening and like letting that guide you this this draw, this pull towards different areas in your life. And that's how you end up where you are doing what you are doing, especially for your business or in your family life, in your marriage, because you're following your intuition, one of your greatest superpowers. Exactly, exactly. And it was just this process of discovering who I am for myself, not always trying to be the perfect human and like the rules that I thought the perfect human was. Mm. Can you share what some of those rules are? Like what, what, a, yeah. what is the perfect human yeah. that we think of? I mean, there's so many different, like there's so many different lies that we've been taught. Like something that we talk about in whole woman, which is my moonly membership that I, that I hold is we use the term brainwashing to just help us really understand how we've taken a lot of these lies as truth. So like one lie is, um, you need to be thin and pretty in order to be loved and accepted. You need to be a peacemaker and a peacekeeper. Don't rock the boat. You know, sameness equals safety. Always try to fit in. If you're different, then you're going to be ostracized and burned at the stake. Um, Another really big thing that I experienced was, oh, all you need are, is like a great, not even that great, but all you need is like a partner, a cute house and a couple kids and you'll be happy. Mm. And I'm like, I had those things and I wasn't happy. And then I felt so guilty for not being happy. And then I felt so resentful that these pieces weren't enough for me. And it, all of these lies that we've been told keep us in this cycle of guilt and resentment, guilt and resentment, and then layer on the exhaustion and the overwhelm and the the burnout. And it's deliberate to keep us from shaking things up around here, Mm -hmm. which we're seeing is starting to end. Thank God. Um, But it's deliberate. Like that's what's been so crazy. Um, and the body stuff was just the first, it was like, it was the first sign of truth for me. Mm-hmm. I want to hear a little bit more about that part of your journey, the body stuff particularly. And I also want to hear where on the timeline it was that you woke up to this resentment that you were creating. Was this before Live More, Way Less, your program, or was this after your program? I'm just trying to put together the pieces here of how this, how your journey has been unfolding. Yeah. So um, I started going to Weight Watchers when I was 10. So I had been on this, um, I'd been in the sort of the body hatred, body jail journey for a pretty long time. And I had this belief system that my life would be better once I lost weight. I think that's sort of the, the, the nugget of the biggest lie that women are told that if you just lose weight, everything will be better. But as women who do lose weight understand that's not true. And women who could never lose weight, me, I could never stick to a diet. My life was always 20 pounds away. And then all of a sudden I was like, what is wrong with me? I'm so weak. I have no willpower. My like most incredible life. All I have to do is lose 20 pounds and I can't do it. And I was so mad at myself and just thought something was deeply, deeply flawed in me. And um, 
it was, how old was I? I was probably like 24 or 25 when I was in the middle of a juice cleanse. I ended up having this really major binge at work in the supply closet. Um, I ate an entire bag of Dove chocolate promises. And it was really in that moment that I realized I'm just, I cannot diet. I cannot go on cleanses. It just doesn't work for me. I give up. I'm going to be just fat and miserable forever. And it was when I stopped obsessing about dieting that I realized that my life was super boring. And I now had all this sort of brain space to work on my life. So I started taking dance classes and voice lessons and I went to a meditation course and I did all these things and all of a sudden I'm not binging at night. Mm -hmm. How amazing. So that's when I started having the realization of, oh, I food is a replacement for happiness. Food is pleasure. And that's when I went to school um, to learn how to be a health coach. And then I did sort of basic health coaching for a while. And it wasn't until after I got, I had been doing one-on-one coaching for a long time. It was all around emotional eating. I worked with brides. Um, and it wasn't until after I got married that I launched Live More Way Less in 2011. I think it was. Um, and it was through running Live More Way Less that I came to understand that one of the major reasons why women were overeating was because we were so tired pretending to be someone we weren't. And I think that was the seed that triggered my spiritual journey. Mm, yeah, that like really hits home thinking yeah. about that because it is so true. It's this and this this pattern happens in, in various ways in our life. Like we get um, we combust and get angry because we're so yeah. like we're so exhausted at not speaking our truth. So we combust and we, we blow up out of anger when really what would solve all of that is just to speak your truth in those moments you need to speak it. Right. Exactly. Like this food, like we, like people choose food, either eating it or not eating it in order to avoid the pain of not being just yourself and like giving all of it up because the, the, the fear of giving all of it up is, it, it's real. It's scary. It's scary to say that I'm just going to 110% own who I am right now. And it's easier, quote, easier, not really, but we right. trick ourselves into think it's easier to just play by those rules. Rules, exactly. And I think the thing that is so interesting about the sort of food body resentment connection was it was really in Look More or Less that I noticed with myself and the other women that we were. We were owning our bodies in a way, in a form of rebellion against society. But what was happening was the way we were eating was still tied to what we looked like. So we were almost eating, like eating sugar and eating brownies and eating whatever we wanted in a rebellion to the patriarchy. But what was happening was we were poisoning our bodies, even though we were celebrating what we looked like. And so there was this there was this um, forgetting that there's so many reasons to take care of our body, none of which have to do with what we look like. Does that make sense? 
Yes, yes. And yeah. so that was so key in terms of the the resentment conversation because it was about a re like taking our bodies back for what they're meant for for us, which is our home and this place that we live. And of course, we want to feel great where we live. And it doesn't matter what size we are. We're always beautiful. But it does matter what we're eating because it really changes how we feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I found I find that this the food rebellion phase, like when you are recovering from disordered eating or eating disorder, yeah. there's like this very crucial period where you say fuck it to all of it and you eat the sugar, you eat the yeah. fat and like body positivity, everything. And it's just like I'm going to eat all that I want all the time. And this, this is like that's one of the hardest parts is right there. But like you're saying, there comes this point where you begin to honor your body beyond that in a way that you don't need that anymore and you start to realize how much you desire to actually have love for your body and then how you eat is a result of that love when you truly truly have stepped into this place of self-love but or even acceptance you realize how important it is that you are feeding your body in a way that feels good that it's good food that nourishes you tastes well and that's where you create that what we call balance where you can have chocolate or you can have cake or whatever you really love but then you can also intuitively naturally listen to your body when it's craving for more nutrient-dense foods and it just becomes this normal everyday part of your life like something you really don't even have to think about exactly exactly okay so this glides into another area of focus that I really love you are all about and that is talking about um, being a mama and having you have three children yes I do three children one little baby is so yeah. cute oh my god I love your Instagram photos they're amazing oh okay and you wrote a post recently um, and it was called something along the lines of what to do when your husband is hotter than you oh yeah that was a big one. Oh yeah and it was so good because it was like a short post but it was right to the point and it like gives you it was just perfect like it, it told me everything that, I, I mean, I'm not married, but like I could absolutely put myself in that position or with the partner that I have now or even just in my clients because I work with a lot of mamas and a lot mm-hmm. of mamas who have had bodies that they've completely given over to the process of a miracle creating a baby, but then struggling with that internal desire to like in regards to your post um, not feel ready for sex yet after having the baby but then also like there's this pressure there's all this pressure after having a baby to get your you know your pre-baby body back um, and then jump right back into bed and be this wild like MILF whatever it is I don't yeah. know not in that world so that's why you're here and I want to hear about um, you shared one interesting fact about a woman's libido after giving birth and I want to hear what that is and then also share with us a little bit about um, where society goes wrong with postpartum sex expectations. Yeah. Oh, my God. So um, when I was pregnant with my third child, I read this book, um, Fourth Trimester by Kimberly Ann Johnson. And if any of you are pregnant or even postpartum, you should absolutely read this book. And so um, what Kimberly explains is that when you're pregnant, you have 30 times the amount of estrogen 
um, in your system than you would just if you're regularly cycling and getting your period. And then from the time you have the baby in the course of three days, three to five days, you drop to menopausal levels. It's, it is major. And our hormones completely dictate how we feel, how we're sleeping, how we're relating to people, how we feel about ourselves, our mood, our energy. I mean, it affects everything. And that our hormones stay at menopausal levels for the entire time that we're nursing in order to give way to the hormones that produce milk. Um, this also helps us biologically, you know, this stops us from cycling and, and ovulating, getting our period so that we don't get pregnant again so that we can, you know, nourish this new human. So it makes sense from a primal level, but here's the thing. This is where the brainwashing comes in. I'm going to keep bringing it in because it's so important. Like we have not been taught this. Also, I'm married to a doctor. He was not taught this in medical school. I mean, there's like literally no education on women's health and hormones that we get ever. It's ridiculous. And, um, I, and I think it's so sad because what has happened is that our society, you know, is sticking to this sort of belief system that in order for women to be worthy and love, they have to look a certain way. And in order for women to be safe in their marriages, they have to be putting out all the time. Right. So this is not in line with biology where our libidos are naturally low. And this is not something that a lot of women know. You know, I'll write like something will come up like, you know, I, I had a baby. I've been cleared for sex and I really just don't want to. And I feel so bad. I'm like, are you nursing? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you're not going to want to have sex. So you don't nurse. Like literally the moment I stopped nursing my other two kids, I felt like a totally different person. It's unbelievable. So anyways, so all that is to say that we have to honor where we are in our seasons. We have to understand that culture is telling us and our partners something different about those expectations. But then the other part is, is that there are so many other ways to connect and to be sensual as a woman, because sensual just means using our senses. And there are so many other ways to be close to our partner. And so the reason I wrote this post is because, um, you know, my husband and I, we know that we're not having any more kids. I'm really excited to create a sex life that is better than ever when I'm ready. And so we're talking about it um, as much as we can. And something that I realized was happening was I, although we have a very deep relationship, I still felt like when we were having sex with each other, it was about what we looked like and it was about our physical attraction, which can be part of it. But I am just in a season now where I wanted it to be more than that. I wanted it to, I wanted, I really want sex to feel so sacred all the time. And so we needed to have the conversation around, I don't have to look perfect. He doesn't have to look perfect in order for us to have this sacred connection. So how do we form the sacred connection? And what I was desiring in the moment was feeling seen and honored for being postpartum because the reality is, is that when you're pregnant as a woman, and I know this from experience, 
People are opening doors for you. You're like royalty when you're pregnant. As soon as you have that baby, you're like chop liver. It's so weird. Mm. And I needed to, and again, this is the brainwashing. Like women's done her job. You know, now she needs to just like get thin. So she's like back on the love worth path. But I needed to feel like I wasn't like yesterday's leftovers. You know, I needed to be really super honored for what I had just done. And it's so obvious to honor a woman for, to, for giving life, but it just, we're not, we don't feel that way in, in the, our day-to-day existence. And so, um, it is, it was so important for me to be honored for what I was doing energetically and not just what I looked like. And it, cause it helped me understand my own worth because in that moment, my worth was about my husband looked great and I looked like, you know, I just had a baby. Mm, yeah. Wow. And it's so beautiful that you'll have a relationship to create space for that, to create mm-hmm. space for what your desires are and you being able to come forward and say like, I want to be honored for this. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's like words of affirmation. And I imagine that being in that particular kind of situation of having to ask for what you want isn't the easiest thing. It is not. Mm-mm. It is not. So I'm, I'm interested so, in that. How do you bring that up and, and ask for what you want, but then not have resentment for having to have to ask what you wanted and he just didn't do it on his own? Totally. Yeah. I mean, that is, um, I feel like that's like the key to all relationships, isn't it? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I often try to put myself in Jonathan's shoes where I don't always know everything that he wants. And so, um, I, I just like really try to not expect him to do the same. I also, these are two things that are coming up for me right now. I found, I find it really helpful to understand Jonathan's astrological chart actually, because it, it explained to me that his brain works really differently than mine does. You know, you can also do this by like doing an Enneagram um, quiz or just taking the love language quiz to just, it always helped me understand like, oh, our brains are different. And also a lot of times women think men are just hairy women, you know? That's so they, true. Right? Oh my God. And not. And they bring a whole different set of values to the table. And Jonathan often thinks I'm a man with boobs. I'm not. My brain works really differently than his does. And so we're just really trying to give each other space um, that we're different. And oftentimes we need to spell out what we each need in a really loving way. And then I get sort of upset, like if he forgets or he doesn't continue the pattern, um, which is rare these days, but it takes some, it takes some patience and some consistency in the beginning of a relationship for sure. Yeah, this is really good. This is really good insight. And I'm, I'm of that same mindset that it's important to share what you need and know that that's how people learn. Like we, I feel that our culture has this from Hollywood and the media. We have this idea that in relationships, each other, they just know what you need. They know what you want. They know that you want those words of affirmation or more physical touch, or you need more quality time. But that's not true that people just simply know we are all in our own little space in our own little world. And chances are you sharing what you want is actually a gift to the other person because they want to make sure you feel good 
in the relationship. They want to make sure, but it's like being clueless. You just, you just don't know. And then whenever someone does it, let's use the word right, and it feels good and it's correct and it, it like nourishes you, let them know. Let them yes. know like I- that felt good because then they'll do it more. Exactly. Yes. And that is so key, the praise. Okay. So there is the, with, with, with this, with the sex component again, I want to go back to this. There is the physical, um, choice, like physically you are not, you two are not having sex because there is a, there's like permission that y'all both have given each other. This is an off period. So there's like the physical component of not doing that thing. But then there's that bridge for each individual person of allowing themselves the emotional permission. So how in in this matter, maybe any other matter where you give yourself the emotional allotment, the emotional permission to totally let go, because while physically you may say, well, we're not having sex right now, I'm not ready. Emotionally, maybe you've, you've mastered this or you've moved through it, but I know so many people still can't let it go in the back of their minds. They're always thinking about it, like still thinking, well, I should, I should be ready now. I should be. How have you learned to nourish that part of you that in the back of your mind and in in your body says, I need to be doing these things and relax the nervous system and teach you that it's okay. You can wait when the time is right. You will know. Yeah. I mean, this really all comes back to what I what I discovered in Live More Way Less and what I'm teaching in Whole Woman, which is I am going to be as unique as my fingerprint. I think that we've been raised to think that we're all really similar or we should all be doing things the same way or you know, there's one checkbox to happiness, you know, all that stuff. But the reality is is that um, you know, just like the earth is built with incredible biodiversity, so are humans. And the way I do relationships is going to be as unique as my fingerprint. The way I do motherhood is unique. The way I do marriage is unique. The way I dress is going to be unique. When I'm ready to have sex, that's going to be unique. And so for me, my practice is just having ultimate permission to only think about what is right for me and also allowing that to change on a minute-to-minute basis. You know, it's a very um, masculine concept, thank God, that there should be some consistency in Mm -hmm. life. Life should be more linear. And this is a, this is, true of sort of traditional of masculine energy. Like you can think of the sun being um, a masculine energy where it rises and sets pretty much at the same time every day, you know, shifts with seasons, but we know it's coming up and we know it's going down. Um, Now the moon, which is a feminine energy, rises and sets at dramatically different times every day where when it's full, it's opposite of the sun. And when it's on the other side of the cycle, it's in line with the sun. It's so varied. You know, we also see this in that the sun goes through the zodiac, the whole 13 sign zodiac in a year where the moon goes through that, that same cycle in a month. So if women are tied to the moon, we can see that, Oh, like we're supposed to change pretty often, like every three days, <laughs> you know, when the moon goes through. 
different sign. Um, and we can see, we can also see that the moon has these very distinct energetic cycles, you know, the new moon, the waxing moon, the full moon and the waning moon, which is in direct overlap with our menstrual cycle. So knowing that we have this wisdom built in our body, I can give myself permission to be constantly changing and constantly different from other people. And um, it just gives me something else to lean on that isn't the patriarchal brainwashing culture that we've been brought up in. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I love that you just described the moon and the sun in that way. I've I've talked to I've talked before about how ways to remember that you know the the, the masculine is this very vibrant, active energy. Is thinking of mm-hmm. the sun and how it's very outward, just like penises. It's like outward coming at you, and yeah. it's like bright and like it's just this okay. It's active. We're we're coming out, and then there's like the moon, which is inward. Just like, you know, vagina is like going inward and it's like this nurturing um, emotional energy. And then that's oftentimes when we're in our feminine, like we're feeling very introspective too. And we're very emotional, very creative. But I never thought about the the cycles and like how many cycles a moon will go through in in just a month and the zodiac. That's that's so cool. I'm going to. Oh, my God. So this is what my whole whole woman membership is based off of is this um, is how we are a reflection of the moon and a reflection of this creative cycle. We also bring in um, the elements and we can like maybe talk about the earth if you want to. I know we mentioned that before. Please, Yes. But um, to me, this is like this is my spiritual practice and it's been so important because it's what gives me permission to be myself. Like this is this ancient, primal, like mystery, the set of rules that is literally right in front of us all the time, but we've been blinded to it. You know what I mean? Like this used to be our entire life revolved around the moon. And now we don't even know. You know what I mean? It's just so crazy. Yeah, it's it's interesting how like excited about it because it's like my favorite thing. Yeah, yeah, I I love it, and I I I feel very blessed and fortunate to be like we're we're like we are even though we're so disconnected from the moon cycles, like we're in a time where it's it's coming back, so to say. Oh yeah, having more awareness and awakening to it. But there's like this very big gap between where we are now, we're coming back to it, and when people actually live by the moon and all those people in between, like as far as I know, it wasn't really something that was quite known or not a way that people measured their days or their emotions or dove deep into the feminine and the masculine unless they were of that tantric perspective. So right. I feel very fortunate to like be sitting here right now and having this conversation with you and and being able to remind both us and ourselves and, and everyone listening how important it is to simplify, like just simplify and be in touch with what's happening in the sky, what's happening within the stars, and that's what's happening within your body. And it, oh, yeah. it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. And it's so funny because I still go through these times when 
I'm like really focused on me and what's happening with my kids or happening with my work, I get really into my human experience and like something like I'm feeling super uncomfortable or super contracted. And then finally, like something will come up on Instagram and someone will be like, oh, it's the dark moon right now. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) of course, you know, or because I always like right before a new moon and right before a full moon, I feel terrible. Like I am just the worst version of myself. And, and then all, as soon as the new moon comes, it lifts, even when I'm not paying attention, I can feel it. And so it's so great. You know, we've been taught that women are unpredictable. We are not, we, we're just different every couple days, but it's actually very predictable because we're either following the circadian, um, what's the word I'm looking for? circadian rhythm of the moon yeah Yeah. or we are you know feeling our hormone changes in our body you know because Elisa Vitti is a really great expert on this and Christian Northrup um I've learned from them that you know a, a man's hormonal cycle resets every 24 hours and a woman's hormonal cycle resets every 28 days that's really different so you know much about the man's um, the hormonal cycle. Like, what's what does that mean? It in in twenty four hours, like it's it starts over in some way. What what does that yeah, look well, like? So, so we all cycle, um, and basically, a man's hormonal cycle. He has I don't know much about it, but basically, is the highest level of testosterone in the morning, and then it gradually is replaced by progesterone throughout the day. Um, which is why a lot of morning meetings happen in the morning, why a lot of people go work out morning in the sex, mor- right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, there's, and our, our world revolves around, we're supposed to be the same every day, you know, show up to work with the same energy every day. Um, you know, the, the analogy I like to give a lot is a lot, oftentimes women will, in their follicular phase, which is right after they're bleeding, which feels like spring or feels like the waxing moon has a lot of energy. And so we'll like sign up for a marathon or something, you know, cause like we just want to run. And two weeks later when we're in our luteal phase, so like right before we're bleeding and it sort of feels like end of fall, like sort of the time we're coming into now when this when this comes out, you know, sort of like late October, feeling cozier, we just kind of want to take a nap, our energy's a little bit lower, you know, our hormones give us that fall feeling or that waning moon feeling, and we don't want to run a marathon anymore. And all of a sudden, we're like, oh, I'm so bad at follow through. Mm. I can't believe I changed my mind. How come I can't stick to anything? I'm such like, I'm so lazy, you know, and we, we beat ourselves up because we're not in tune with what is actually happening in our bodies. And it's so sad that we do that. We see it like as this weakness, like it's an automatic (laughs) response of our part looking for like we, we go to shame or feeling guilty for the way that we are. And it's a weakness that we can't be on point all the time, hustling, focusing, like, If we're, we're not, not doing that, something must be wrong where it's actually a, a huge strength and it's a gift and it's the very thing that keeps us in touch with our intuition and helps us know what we want, when we want, what we want to eat, how much we want to eat. Like when you when you shun 
the the ebbs and flows in your energy you're basically also shunning it from arriving in other places you really want it to arrive like if someone's struggling with food exactly exactly and i just think it's so important for us to understand that there's this there's this creative cycle that's built into life on earth which is basically the um it's some way to think about it is like the creating, connecting, releasing, resting cycle. We can see it really clearly in winter, spring, summer, fall, but it's the same cycle in the moon. It's the same cycle in our body. And this cycle is there for a reason. And we've been ignoring it. And I know for me, I was basically in the like early spring waxing moon, you know, sort of more masculine way of being for years, you know, just as you said, Mm -hmm. and it's, this is where adrenal fatigue comes from. This is where exhaustion comes from. And this is where we get cut off from our, the magic of being a woman. Um, and so this is why I created my program because I just think it's so important for us to like be just like dropped in an environment where we're just learning how to have a juicier existence, you know? Yeah. And like this burnout piece, I want to talk a little bit more about this as well. Yeah. When, what was, what was your last burnout? I'm just really curious. Like, oh when was God. the last one? Like a week ago. <laughs> what was it from? <laughs> totally a week ago. Well, I've been, you know, before I had kids, business was great. You know, like live more, less was humming. And I felt great as a businesswoman because I, I could just hustle and I liked it. Now that I have kids, I cannot hustle anymore. Like partly from a logistical perspective, there's just like too much to do. But energetically, I'm different. You know, I'm in a different season in my life. And I was trying to basically be a 34-year-old mom and a 25-year-old business owner. And it's just not the reality. So... I'm sort of going through this time period of grieving um, what I what I used to be able to accomplish in a day, and um, I can't do that right now. So what was happening was I was just pushing too hard, and I probably came back to work a little bit too early after the birth of my third child, and I needed to. I caught myself because I had this moment where I felt this really familiar feeling of burnout. And I said, okay, I'm not going to go down this path anymore. So I called on my peeps. You know, I called my energy worker. I called my mom. I talked to Jonathan about it. Um, I called my mastermind. And I really got to work seeing, you know, what needs to shift to be in this new season. And and so what I did this time was I I delegated a lot more of my work than I've ever delegated before. And I'm really stepping into this new chapter of um, having available time, energy, and space to really hold and focalize the women who are in my program, the women who are coming into the program. Um, I also own a retreat center outside of Boston, so the women who are coming here And so it's really different. I'm doing a lot more energetic work and directive behavior than like the 
day-to-day in the business type stuff. Does that make sense? Oh, good for you. Yes. It's super edgy for me because um, I like to get in there. I have a whole worth thing tied up with like being a hard worker and what that looks like. And so I'm really shifting my belief system around what it means to run a business and be a leader and all that stuff. I'm pretty amazed at your capacity for creativity with all that's going on. Thank you. Yeah, because I've noticed for myself personally, I've recently been struggling a bit with my creative realm and Mm. it's from the past six years of doing this, right? I just like, it's a lot of, you know, five and a half years of the podcast and of coaching and of this and that. And it's like, there's been this, this something deeper that's like, I'm ready for some, some new type of creation, whether it's within this business or it's outside of the typical self-help coaching type vibe. And it's like writing fiction or doing this or that, like, I don't know, but, um, it's important. Like for me, creating cool. that space for that creativity to expand and to grow is is so important. And also it, it really tests my patience. Yeah. It, yes. I was so in that space. And um, this was happening for me probably about a year and a half ago. And I remember I called my friend Kate Northrup, who's the founder of Origin. Oh. Um, which is an amazing program that works with entrepreneurial moms. And so she, she's been so helpful for me. And she said, Sarah, don't do anything until you start bleeding again, because that is the time when we get our creative ideas because hormonally it's when our right hemisphere and the left hemisphere of our brain are connected. And she's like, if you can really carve out time when you're bleeding to just be in the void, because like this is winter, this is the resting time, um, things will bubble up and it, and it did. And it was amazing. And then I started using my own hormonal creative cycle to create things in the world. Um, and man, I man, it changed everything. So it's like that rest, if you can get that resting time when you're bleeding, it's so key. And, you know, for me, I had to really create it, you know, after I had my baby, you know, having that normal postpartum time, that's part of the, um, again, it's part of the cycle. So you think about like growing a baby and then birthing a baby, that's like more summer, you know, and then you like clean up after the birth and then there's a rest. Mm -hmm. And so we need to have that pause in everything that we do, whether or not we're having kids, you know. So not that you're asking for advice, but that's my advice. <laughs> oh, I totally am. Totally am. So that's leading into that. And I love, I love what you just said. And it's beautiful. I, I haven't had children, but I'm thinking about just my last cycle, which is like today's like the last day of it. But the past six days, um, it, it, what you're saying is so spot on with or without you consciously deciding to go into creative mode, for me, it just happens. And I, I'm just now putting those pieces together and I'm thinking, oh, I wrote like this short, I wrote this short um, like fiction piece, only like seven pages, but I haven't done that in forever. And it's so cool. It's yeah, so cool. well, my teachers gave me an assignment. So it's an erotic piece, which was like totally oh. exciting. And it's like creating your, 
your erotic fantasy story and like when when do you ever have this assignment given to you and like I could have written it on my own thinking of doing it but they told me like this is what you're going to do and I was like yes this is amazing and then the day of course that I was like oh this is the day I'm going to start writing it was I think it was the very first day of my cycle <laughs> yeah amazing. didn't even think about it it just happened that way I, like I was feeling pulled to go to a coffee shop and slow down and get like a, a wellness toddy and then write this and it just poured out of me and like it was so juicy like oh. so juicy oh that's so good I love it see isn't it amazing how um it's that's why it's so fun when we actually start paying attention because we can just see how connected we've always been or how it's just the reason why we're so burnt out sometimes is because we're trying to live opposite of our normal you know biological genius um but I also want to say, like, I love how you said your your teacher asked you to do it because this is why we have teachers. Mm-hmm. You know, this is why we have people to guide us. It's so important. Yeah, exactly. Like just having someone say, this is what you're going to do. Like this is going to serve you. I know it will. And they were so right. It opened up something within me. It, like it created this new excited interest within me because I had no idea I would enjoy writing pieces like that or maybe even be good at it and I do know that I love writing and it's just been a while since I've dedicated time to it and having someone say you love writing like you're gonna do this it was it made it encouraged me to do it and then now something has been opened within me and another thing I just wanted to add that I thought you might personally really like I'm in this um, relationship feminine masculine type group and one of the other women in there who is a assistant teacher to my teachers said something in one of our movement sessions and she said something like something wants to breathe you what is trying to breathe you and I was like oh like wow like just thinking of it like that something is trying to breathe you it makes me feel more connected to whatever that creative passion is that I don't know yet it's trying to breathe me it's trying to breathe you Mm, I love that. You know, I, my therapist told me that one time and I had forgotten. And cause he told me, he said, Sarah, let your land breathe you. Mm. It's so powerful. Just that connection that we have to everything. Oh yeah. Okay. So I, I, I surveyed my audience on Instagram before I had you on oh, and there were right. three questions that I was asked to ask you. Great. So these can be like kind of in between quick fire questions and not quick fire questions, slow water questions. I don't know. (laughs) Just depends on how much, how in depth they are. But one of them we've kind of talked about and you can just give maybe like a snippet answer for that one. And I'll do that one first then. Um, Okay. So first question is, why did you choose to transition from live more, way less to what you're doing now? Mm. It was, to me, it was sort of like, Live more or less was my first child, and I was ready to have another child. Yeah, like nothing wrong with live more or less, but I just wanted more. I wanted more things, and I became. It was also part of me coming out of the spiritual closet and having a space to talk about a lot of stuff we talked about today, and to talk about magic. Um, I'm also I'm doing this thing called Magic Week. Next week, guys, if you want to join, it's just magicweek.me. And it's like, it's so super fun. I'm talking about all this stuff. But it just was like giving me another place to live. You know, it's like having a second home. 
Oh, I really like that answer. That's be- I love that. It- literary Lux is alive and well. You know, we have a lot of women in it. Such a great program. People are making moves, and um, it's just it's fun to have multiple programs. Okay. Second question is, what practices do you use for self forgiveness? Oh, so good. So, um, this is such a great question because. This is one of the reasons why I created Magic Week was when I'm feeling down on myself or confused about something or like I feel like the noise around me is so loud I can't hear my own truth. I turn to tarot. I turn to astrology. I turn to energy work, to my morning ritual. Um... I, I work a lot with divine feminine archetypes and this is what's help. This is what helps me with the forgiveness is going into those practices. Um, which is why I'm so excited to be talking about all of them with my teachers, um, are all coming on as guests, um, at magicweek.me. It's going to be great because oh, I'm so excited for that. Well, it's awesome. It's so great. I mean, I think especially tarot for me with the self forgiveness, I'll just I'll just be like, what is going on here? You know, to my deck and pull a card. It's just always so it's such a bomb, you know, B A L M. Have you read um every everyday tarot, the book, the new book? Yes, I have. I a long time ago. Oh. This one's brand new. Oh, then I'm thinking of something else. So this one's written by um Bridget, who's Biddy Tarot. On like oh on yes, Instagram. I saw on Instagram. Okay, so no, I have not read this one. I was thinking of a different tarot book. It, it sounds like it sounds like a name of another tarot book. I think. Yeah, yeah, but it's so good and like oh my god, it's so good. I think you would love it. It's right up your alley with all like the inspirational different ways that you can touch base with your tarot in regards to decision making and to business and to the feminine limiting beliefs. Like it's an awesome, awesome book, and I'm eating it up right now. So I highly yeah. recommend it. Tarot as therapy, really helpful. I'm, um, I interviewed this woman, uh, Diana Rose Harper, for our tarot section, and um, she just did, she did a real, she like pulled cards for us, she explained how tarot works, and then she's teaching a master class in Whole Woman next month, and just like, we just recorded the class, which is why I'm thinking about it, and she just does such a beautiful job talking about like, when we pull the queen and when we pull the king and how to use it to connect with our heart. It was just so juicy and amazing. Okay. Last question from the audience is how do you hold space for your kids' big feelings while also protecting your own peace? Oh, that's hard. Um, (laughs) So this has been such a big practice for me because my son Marshall has the biggest feelings on the planet. And, um, I, I have, I've had a couple of advice. Um, this one woman told me one time that treat the big feelings like they're throwing up to like have your hand on their back and just be like, I'm sorry, honey, get it all out. I'm here for you. Just keep going. And that has been really helpful for me. And to also have, I have to also have compassion for myself because I am a sensitive person 
And so I do get really rattled when there's a lot of noise in the house. And so I then have to then often leave after they're calm and calm myself down. And there's a lot of times when I, I sort of, there's like some transference that happens that I'm working on, but it still happens and I will feel the anger and then I have to go express it in a healthy way on my own. And, um, I, you know, we're so connected to our kids. I think it's just like, it's part of the cycle of energy that will shift as they get older, but it's like a full-time job. Mm, I can't even imagine. Honestly, like I dealing with my own emotions is a full time job and then dealing with three children's emotions as well and making time for yourself like this is that's really sound advice, especially about the throwing up. I love that. It's like a really easy way to remember it. Yeah, it really is good. And I also love the work of um, Dr. Shafali Sabari. Um, Her book is Conscious Parenting. That's been integral in how I parent my children and also just understanding that oftentimes my kids are expressing and reacting to how I'm feeling, but I'm not expressing it or reacting for myself. And so I always have to see them as a mirror too for what's going on with me. Yeah. 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 That's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Okay. Is there anything else going on in your, in your business right now that you want to share? And also where can everyone connect with you online moving forward? Oh, awesome. Well, the thing that I'm most excited about right now is Magic Week because it's happening from the full moon on October 24th until Halloween, which is, I mean, just like to me, the most magical week of the year. You know, um, Samhain is the witch's new year, which happens on Halloween. We're So we're doing astrology, tarot. I'm, I'm live streaming a night of the ancestors here on the 30th on basically New Year's Eve. Um, we're doing a death ritual, energy work, divine feminine work. I'm leading a full moon circle on the 24th where people are going to be discovering who they are and why they're here, or at least getting a little bit closer to answering those questions. And I'm just thrilled about that. So it's magicweek.me and Maddie, I'll give you the link so you can put it in the show notes, but Um, that's the best place to connect with me online. I also love it when people come and play with me on Instagram. It's one of my favorite places to connect with people. And I'm at Sarah Jenks, J E N K S Sarah with an H on Instagram. Oh, Sarah, you're amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. Like I, I'm super excited about magic week. I love the sound of it that, and I also think that's a beautiful way to just carve out time for yourself in this incredibly busy time of the year. It's like this free way to have self-care. Like it's right there. It's available to you. All you have to do is set a boundary to correct, to, um, to save that space and to have sacred time for yourself. So thank you for making this. Thank you for bringing all your favorite spiritual tools together in one place. And I'm really excited to do it myself, but then also for my audience to enjoy it. Oh, thank you, Maddie, so much. And thank you for having me and everyone listening. Thank you for sharing your time with me. I know it's valuable and it was an honor to be here. Okay, everyone, as always, you can go to my website to get the show notes for this episode. Check out all the links to anything that we mentioned in this episode. This is 225 with Miss Sarah Jenks, maddiemoon.com slash Sarah Jenks. And you can find all of the good stuff there. I hope you are having a fantastic October so far. Um, A few more days to go left. And I... We'll be releasing another episode next week. So till then, have a wonderful rest of your 
week and weekend. Oh, 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 oh